Now let's go on. So we can go on this turn. I've started recording. I think we can just stop the podcast at this point. Yeah, let's continue, continue with the story. Mm. Um, so uh, no, I mean, if you want to continue with the story, so anyway, I was telling you, Jean. Um, oh yeah. So for the viewers, welcome to Think Shack, welcome to where Think Shack. we finally figured out um, what our tagline is. Exploring memes to the extremes. Yeah, uh, that rhymes. I've been rhyming to the whole of today. I think I'm on a roll because, <laughs> like, um, on a roll. I remember, you know, I mean, I, uh, I, 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 I remember when I was thinking about it. I was like, um, we, because like the definition of a meme. Of course, the conventional definition is like it's a text, it's a piece of text. Or um, an image or a video, usually humorous, that is spread about, you know, uh, on the internet. And, you know, that's how it goes viral. But also, generally speaking, a meme is just any fucking cultural unit. Um, I don't know why I said fucking there. But anyway, it's a cultural <laughs> unit or like an idea or a concept or like a system of behavior that gets spread through imitation. Not just in humans, but in any mammal. Actually, it's more among mammals, but really in any creature, right? And, and what we're doing here is we're talking about things that systems of behavior, cultural units, um, and concepts that 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 are currently being spread around or that have been spread around throughout time. So then I was like, how do I get this to rhyme? It was like exploring memes to their extremes. So that's what Think Shack does. So memes then, by that definition, includes what and what? Um. Well, I mean, by that definition, for example, um, putting your Putting your toilet paper, for example, a toilet paper holder, for those who use toilet paper holders, if you use water... For those who use toilet paper. For those who use toilet paper. Some of you don't? We yeah. smell you? Because it's actually healthier to use water, believe it or not. That's why the really, 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 really super rich have bidets. I believe in using water, but then what do you use the water with? Your hand? I mean, yes, there's the bidet and everything. Mm. But then, uh, like, what if you don't? So, for example... Carry a bottle of Quinn that that is a meme there is a meme amongst certain sections of the population that you know ascribe to certain religious beliefs we're not going to mention them <laughs> to wash their um um anal sphincters after okay. defecation with their hands and then they go and wash their hands that is a meme because it is a system of behavior it is a unit of culture that has been spread through imitation in this case the very first like like progenitors to use a fancy english term of this particular system of behavior would be the founding father of the religion those of you who speak european might understand that exactly progenitor exactly or for example if we come back to people who do use toilet paper I mean, how do you put your toilet paper on the toilet paper holder? Do you put it so that you pull the toilet paper from the bottom? Or do you put it so that you pull the toilet paper from the top? That is legit a pet peeve of mine, actually. I think you should pull it from the top. Oh, my God. Oh, and then women, I found that women actually People like do not agree with you already in this room. <laughs> women like it from the bottom. What what do they like from the bottom? Because <laughs> we're talking about tissue. Are we still talking about toilet let's come paper? Back, let's come back to what we were talking about. <laughs> so we're talking about... The tissue going over or under. I found the women really are really anal mm -hmm. in the pun about <laughs> yeah going under with tissue paper. That's so, an interesting thing because like um is there like any kind of research out there about like what differences there are between the sexes as as, as concerns their preferences 
for where to pull the toilet paper from. Okay, let me just do a quick uh, Google search. Do men and women prefer the toilet paper from the top or bottom? So I'm just typing this into Google. Um, this could be a deal breaker for some people. Like you go to a wedding negotiation, like how do you put your yeah. paper? Yeah, and they're like, oh, she, she pulls them from the bottom. Like, no, nope. Sorry, no, I'm not, not marrying that woman. That is... That is unacceptable. That's from the streets. Yeah. Okay, so the over-under issue is surprisingly controversial, obviously. And it was allegedly the topic that generated the most letters to some column. I'm reading an article right now called Dear Abby on a Single Subject. We're going to link that in the description. So according to science, apparently, the correct way to hang toilet paper is over. Because under vastly increases the possibility that food poisoning bacteria what? will spread from the restroom to the rest of the workplace or home. How does that work? I know! That's a recent study conducted at the University of Colorado. I love how when you read an article, it's like a recent study, you're like, this article was as of 2005. Like, what the fuck do you mean recent? But anyway, a recent study conducted at the University of Colorado recent to revealed that even an apparently clean office restroom is a dirty petri dish. So using a high-tech genetic sequencing tool, researchers identified 19 groups of bacteria on the doors, floors, faucet handles, soap dispensers, and toilets of 12 public restrooms in Colorado. Six men's restrooms and six women's restrooms. Many of the bacteria strains identified could be transmitted by touching contaminated surfaces. Now back to what I was saying earlier, like I'm an evangelist of using tissue paper, but let's let's just examine the whole practice of while uh, using water in your hands to clean your yeah. nether regions. So what you're doing is, yes, you're going to, I guess, clean your No, but just before we get there, let me just finish this point, right? So the reason why under is worse than over is because if the toilet paper is hung over... No contact. You're going to touch only the toilet paper when you're pulling it. Oh, but if it's yeah. hung under, there's a high chance they're going to touch the wall, which means they're going to spread the bacteria from the wall to the rest of the house. Now you see... Now, this doesn't tell us why women prefer under, but it does tell us why under is worse. There we go. It's been proven, guys. <laughs> Change your habits. Change your habits. It's true. Yeah. Humor. So anyway, you were saying something about like... So I was saying like the whole... Okay, I was going to go somewhere different with that because I was saying like you're... Yes, you're cleaning your ass with your hands or whatever, but then you're getting the sink dirty with your ass residue. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get the sink dirty with something eventually. That's the whole point. But it's not the shit, though. <laughs> like... I mean, let's think about it. Okay, okay, okay. I, 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 I personally think the whole hand thing is, to be entirely honest, neither here nor there, simply because if we are going to be quite honest about this, your hands have touched some of the dirtiest shit, even without you cleaning your ass. But it was by choice. <laughs> I mean, cleaning your ass is by choice too. It's by necessity. Yeah. Personally, as someone who grew up, because I grew up Muslim, actually, um, as someone who grew up washing their hands, so you were former washing their ass with their hands. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but as someone who grew up that way, I would say, I would say that um, for me, it's not so much like a, a medical or scientific thing that made me not want to do it. It's just that I found it disgusting. But if I'm being entirely honest, the disgust was just because I was cognizant of the fact that I had previously, you know, touched my ass. 
But like, as far as like the actual dirt is concerned, I mean, I don't know. I put my hand in some really messy places, <laughs> whether by choice or not. So, and and things generally are really dirty places, and that's what they're for. I used to see this stat that actually said the the keyboard on a laptop is actually dirtier than most public restrooms. Exactly. I feel like but what do they mean when they say dirtier? Do they mean that it has more species of bacteria or more bacteria per whole square inch? Ecosystem. There's like villagers, there's furniture makers. Yeah, yeah. Like an entire civilization. I actually find such statistics really um, hard to follow because when they say something is dirtier, because dirty is a very vague term, you know? Like I've seen someone go around and say that... Um, we found that this substance was more toxic, but what do you mean by more toxic? Does it mean does it mean that it causes more infections overall? That it's causing more of a particular infection? It makes, you, you get what I'm saying? On the definition. Yeah, exactly. But when it comes to using hands to clean yourself in the toilet, I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, I don't have a horse in this race. It's neither here nor there. For me, it was just like I, because I, I, I kind of like um, you know, at some point I was like, I, I'm not really into this religion thing. But like for me, um, I just decided to use tissue paper because A was more convenient and B quite generally, quite honestly speaking, as a former Muslim, disgusting. You know? <laughs> but like I don't know, scientifically, I don't know that it's better to use toilet well, paper scientifically than your hands when wa oh, and wash your ass. So like I've shitted on that method so much, pun intended. Mm -hmm. But then the thing is, uh I mean if you think about it, it's more. It's probably better for the environment if you use your hand. Like just to play devil's advocate, it's probably better because you use less paper, right? Imagine how much paper goes to waste. Like if you didn't have to use tissue, if we all just use our hands, mm. all just cover the word brown with our hands. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, the trade-off is you use more water, though. So I mean, let's think about it. Is is it okay to use water? To use a little more water to clean your ass. Does this have any significant even think more so. water supply? Because the water we use in the bathroom, uh, I think on average a, a toilet takes about 20 liters every flush. Right. And that's where you get these things. I digress, but then that's where you get people with these uh, beliefs that when you pee, you shouldn't flush the toilet. It yeah. Need to be I, I, the, the colloquial term is if it's yellow, let it mellow. I didn't know there was a whole <laughs> culture <laughs> around that. If it's brown, let it drown. That's clever. You've never heard that? No. Now I'll do something new today. Uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But not to see, though. Which kind of, like, confuses you if you shit yellow shit. What if you drink a lot like, of water? Should I let this yellow shit mellow, or should I let my brown pee drown? With brown pee means you have a UTI, doesn't it? Or super I have, problem, I have bigger problems than whether or not... I should flush. Yeah, like, brown, like, <laughs> I have you much like. bigger problems to think about right now. No, you have Coca-Cola piss. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But anyway, so like, um, you know, just going back to the general conversation, this is an example of a meme, and these are the things we talk about. Mm -hmm. So for example, we might talk about trending topics or um, um, the latest things that, that happen or a behavior that can have. Like the last episode, which FYI I haven't uploaded to YouTube yet. But it's coming soon. Yeah, we talked about like how um, street kids um, or street just street adults. That's I don't gonna know why street adults is not a word. That's going to be a banger. It's totally a word. But we were talking about how street adults, when they come up to you, they threaten to smear shit on you. You know, yeah. like there's a lot of shit in this episode, by the way. They, they threaten to smear shit on you. But that's a meme because it's a system of behavior that you see on Nairobi streets. And almost everyone in Nairobi can relate to it and that's what we're talking about that's brilliant 
Exactly. So you guys get the idea that memes are more than just pictures with captions. Exactly. Actually, uh, if we're going to be really super geeky about this, um, it's not just that memes are systems of behavior that can be spread through imitation, but you can actually model the behavior of memes much like you can model the behavior of, say, um, bacteria or viruses. Because memes spread much like a bacterium or a virus might spread. It's just that they use the medium of our minds to spread through imitation. Memes mutate. You see like a meme on the internet and then someone adds an extra picture or twists the words a bit. And then the new meme is a mutation of the old meme. And some mutations are more viral than others because some spread faster. Memes mate. Sometimes you can mix one meme with another meme and get a new meme that has qualities of both memes that is even more viral. Memes also, they have this tendency to piggyback on other memes. So for example, in humans, we have this tendency where you might find that maybe, I mean, and I'm making this shit up. Um, I'm pulling it out of my ass, just using it. Please pull there are any shit example. Like molecular biologists or geneticists in the comment section, please feel free to correct me and give more accurate examples. But like, I'm just gonna give an example. Like let's say the gene for blue eyes, for example, mm -hmm. right? You might find the gene for blue eyes quite frankly, does not necessarily give you any survival advantages, right? Yeah. Like, it's not necessarily going to make you survive and reproduce. There's actually a name for those. I forgot what those traits are called, but then there's a name for that. Yeah, exactly. It's just like some random shit that happens. Like, you're born, you have a mutation, you have blue eyes. But let's say that, that, that it just so happens that a lot of the people with blue eyes also happen to be tall which can give you a, an advantage evolu evolutionarily, Maybe right? their eyes are blue because they're closer to the sky. Maybe. <laughs> exactly. Maybe the eyes are reflecting the skylight. Exactly, right? So you find that if you're taller, because generally the female, female, female humans, women, prefer taller people, then taller people get to pass on their genes, so they also pass on their genes for blue eyes. So overall, uh, over time, the population also has blue eyes. But if you think about it as an, as an evolutionary biologist, like, this doesn't help with survival. How the fuck did this trait get to proliferate? But it's because it piggybacked on something else. So sometimes, with memes, you might find that there's a particular meme going very viral. Like, for example, the one thing I remember, if you know, if you're a millennial, you remember the but with aromat. But with aromat. But with aromat, right? It was really cool. Like this thing really spread, and then people decided to piggyback off of that to spread the whole thing about like glow ups, right? Like, yeah. like if you, you look like this, but with aromat, you look like that. Yeah. That's one meme pick, piggybacking on another. And so if you think about it, memes kind of like exhibit the behavior of living organisms. It's just that it's, it's highly abstract because they're not actually living organisms. But the way they spread from one mind to another is very similar to the way a virus might spread to one, from one body to another. Memes are deep. Memes are deep. I love them. In fact, if you really dive deep into this, you'll realize that memes are probably the reason why guys like Donald Trump won the 2016 election. Do you think so? What was he posted? Was his campaign like all about memes? No, it's not so that much that, so that Donald Trump's campaign was all about memes as it is that throughout the campaign, people oh, kept talking about Donald Trump. They kept making fun of him. He had like certain like qualities that made him unique, that made him like constantly occurring. You know, repetition kind of like convinces you over time. If you keep hearing a certain name, you keep hearing a certain, he's the orange man, he has this, you know? Like, really over, closer to home. Yeah, over time. He's gonna like stick in your mind, right? Or like, for example, to bring the closer to, home, to bring it closer, exactly. Wajakoya. I mean, Wajakoya didn't win the election, but you gotta admit that nigga 
Um, without much of a campaign budget, he managed to win the hearts Let of Kenyans for different reasons. From someone who was actually on his campaign, uh, on one part of his, I'm going to mention names or anything. They mm-hmm. mentioned something quite interesting to me. He was like, that guy doesn't do weed. His campaign, the, what was his, his running mate, actually does weed and she looks like it. But what am I? Just, yeah, yeah, she looks like she does weed. But then what she looks like it, but is there verifiable evidence? What the does, does weed? I don't know. You could tell by her eyes. She has weed eyes. <laughs> From one weed lover to the next. Yeah. I know you do weed. I can see it in your eyes. I can Justina's see. Justina's coming for us. I can see the experience. Justina, we have nothing against you. We have something against your eyes. Yeah. Your eyes are fucking beautifully red. Yeah. So what the boy doesn't actually do weed. It was mm-hmm. more like do anything for clout, basically. Mm-hmm. And it was to a T. Like everybody was talking about. I mean, he didn't get elected. He was never going to get elected. Right. In the next campaign, he's probably going to get a parliamentary seat or something like that. Because, I mean, he's made a big enough splash. People are like, okay, this guy has some interesting ideas. I had quite a few conspiracy theories that Wajakoya was like um, an agent. <laughs> when you say agent and conspiracy theories, all I hear is dun, 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 dun. Yeah, exactly. The X Files. See Wajakoya with the do rag and then the right. Double, yeah. Double O Seven. Uh, and camera like receiving like a dossier <laughs> on like you know like these are your targets. What you need to do. I need to run this kind of campaign. But the idea is that um, we had Ruto on one side. And then we had like uh, Raila on the other. And I'm not going to go into the details, but like, you know, assuming Kenya is a 50 50 split between the two, if you introduce a third party, they can easily steal votes from one of these two. Exactly. And shift the balance. Exactly. And shift the balance. So then you have it harder for one person. Because, like, if you have like roughly 50 50 percent, 50 50 support for both candidates, one could make the difference. Exactly. So, what you really need now the argument becomes about not about how many votes you can garner. But how loyal you can keep your people, right? And how many you can take away from the opponent. Exactly. How many people who are. Uh, you know, loyal to Raila could easily be swayed to vote for Ajakoya versus how many people who are loyal to Ruta could, e- could easily be swayed to vote for Ajakoya. Depending on the balance of those, one of those wins and the other one loses. I mean, I'm not saying that Wajakoya was, you know, like the ace in the hole or that, like the ace up, up, uh, whoever the fuck was doing this, and this is leave. But like, at least it was one of the many factors they were using to like, you know, mash things up and throw a spanner in the works to try and move things in a certain direction. But this is a conspiracy theory. I have to add Previous elections were quite interesting though. Like moving aside, moving out of uh, conspiracy theories, Mm -hmm. it kind of shows you the disparity there is, the gap there is between what you see on in, in the media, because the media mainly is for young people. And yeah, see on the ground because if you were following the memes, the the videos, and and like all the media hype, you would have thought Raila was definitely winning, and most people are gonna vote for him. Yeah, now, I mean, notwithstanding all the controversy that still surrounds the the surrounding of whether votes were stolen, whether forms were duplicated or forged, that's debatable. But then when you realize, you see that the people, there's a big divide between, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, the youth and then the older generation. And politicians were play into that. Which is interesting because every time I've had this debate with people, they're always like, hey, what you see on social media isn't representative of what's actually happening on the ground. True. But then I think about it for a quick moment. I'm like, okay, what's actually happening on the ground? And then the the argument uh-huh. I usually hear is that older people are likely to go in this particular direction because older people still listen to radio. Older people still watch like, you know, like shit TV channels. They go to the rallies and stuff like that. When you hear a rally, you're like, oh, fuck. But then I also know 
that Kenya is largely under 35. Like, if you look at the proportion of the population. So then, it's either we have a lot of youth that just simply are not as um, informed or as exposed as we think, or... I don't know, we have a lot more older people as a pulling proportion the strings of the, as well. No, no, not pulling the strings per se, but voting as mm -hmm. like like if if like twenty percent of youth vote and eighty percent of like people over thirty five vote, then the vote the results are gonna be skewed towards whatever the older people preferred, even though population wise the youth are more. You get what I'm saying? 80%. So either we have like a lot of youth voting like how you would expect older people to vote, you know, like mm -hmm. along tribal lines along 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 like like propaganda lines and shifting or we don't have enough young people voting here's an interesting thought mm -hmm. you know young people we try to model ourselves off of the older generation you want to seem like you know what you're doing and that's why i think wajako didn't get a lot of votes despite mm -hmm. being popular in the memes you would think some youth would be like let me be different but then they don't want to be like oh i don't want to throw my future away so they vote like old people because they're like oh my mom likes ruto my mom likes this particular mm -hmm. uh, politician so there was a lot of influence that you might have not noticed. Like elections basically are influenced by more things than you see. Right. And it's not necessarily like there's an actor at play like trying to pull the strings or whatever. It's right. the dynamics of society. But moving away from that, you said something about uh, memes and you're like, they're like uh, bacteria that, that go viral. And I remember there's this story, I'm not so sure if it's true. There's this, cons I don't know if it's conspiracy, but something was leaked about uh, the scientist over at Pfizer. I'm yeah, from Pfizer listening to a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is a new thing that went on, right? So um, there is this, there is this. Uh, they call themselves a journalism enterprise, quote unquote. Actually, you can donate to their cause because they probably survive entirely off of like public donations. But they're called Project Veritas. Veritas, if you don't know, is I think a Latin term meaning truth. truth exactly so project veritas is um a, a journalism enterprise i guess based off of their name is dedicated to finding the truth mm -hmm. and in a sort of like what is called leaked video this guy from project veritas was interviewing or talking to i mean i don't know if the guy was he undercover by the ordered what was he undercover was he saying i'm an i'm, I'm from uh, project veritas i mean from the camera angle it looked like it was undercover, undercover because the yeah. camera was like ah i'm under a table sure, and a room. Room. you know exactly. that that pivot angle exactly and you're like does this guy know is being recorded but yeah so he was like interviewing this like director of research at pfizer pfizer like this big drug agency that has been manufacturing vaccines. You've probably heard of them or you probably even took their vaccine. Yeah, there's the Pfizer vaccine, there's the Moderna vaccine, there's like a whole bunch of them, right? But Pfizer wasn't successful in Africa because people, because I think it was the first one so people were like, oh, this is the birth control pill, the mm. Antichrist. Mm. There's so many versions of Antichrist. People say 5G is the Antichrist. Like, <laughs> Everything except the actual Antichrist is the Antichrist. What is the, the Antichrist? The, the thing about the Antichrist, I, I it's like a like, finishing move. I feel like it's a, meme. <laughs> it's a meme, right? So the concept of the Antichrist is a meme because it's very comforting. Every time you see something that you feel is going to up, like cause an upheaval, whatever cultural status, status quo currently exists, you call it the Antichrist. So like the four horsemen of of the apocalypse or whatever the fuck oh, you want to call it. You're like, oh, the world is ending. Jesus, come down now. So <laughs> Pfizer probably fits perfectly into that, right? Because the COVID-19 vaccine definitely shook a lot of people up. 
And like this guy is having like a sort of like, you know, scoop on the inner workings of Pfizer. And he's in interviewing this director of research. And the director of research basically just summarize, summarize the video, which by the way, we can put in the description and maybe even post it on the channel and just link to it. And so people can watch it and get the sense of it. But the director is saying Shock. that they're kind of like doing these experiments over at Pfizer. And when I say director, I'm saying, because I didn't know, this is uh, an unverified a, video. Uh, a, a worker, a staff member? No, he is supposedly director. a director of cool. research. I just don't know if he is actually a director of research, because that's what they claim, right? Because it's an unverified video. I think his name is supposed to be something along the lines of Jordan Tristan Walker or something, mm. you know? And, and this guy is saying that they are purposely mutating the COVID virus in the laboratory in order to sort of like figure out all the different ways it could mutate, like all the different strains, mm. so that in case these naturally occur they in the mutate. world, they can make the vaccines for them, right? Or they will have made the vaccines, then they Which can start makes selling those vaccines. question the intent, that it makes you kind of, it raises questions about the origin of COVID to begin with. Right, because if people are doing these experiments, obviously they benefit a lot mm -hmm. from getting the vaccine and stuff like that. Right, I mean, this is a huge conspiracy, but like there is some uh, conspiracy theories that pr purport that COVID was actually created in a lab. And when you get scoops like this, mm -hmm. it makes it a lot more uh, palpable. Right. So one particularly interesting thing here, and this will need like a sort of like quick um, lesson. Your definition of terms should put some quick lesson music i'll do it as you talk yeah exactly <laughs> we really need to get an editor to do all of this shit because like if we had like a whole production team behind this like this content would be so much more interesting let's go for it i'll do the music you go you are about to give us a quick tip Right. Okay, so um, I'm going to do, you know, like, let's assume it's a cutaway, and I'm telling you guys. So um, one particularly interesting term you need to understand here is the term gain of function. Now, gain of function is when you take an organism and you meet, mutate it in such a way that it has an extra function they didn't have before, right? And the thing about gain of function research is that usually it, it's considered sort of like dual use, which means that it can be used for civilian purposes or for military purposes. Military purposes. You can scary. easily mutate things so that you can use them in biological warfare or you can mutate them to create better medicine for people. Let me stop it for a second. I'm so scared for the future of Africa because <laughs> we don't even have, we have weapons from 1970, most countries in Africa. Mm -hmm. People are out here working on biological weapons and we could get like most of the time they're probably going to be either the guinea pigs yeah now, i think if you're listening to this and you're in africa prepare yourself mm -hmm. choose your side are you going to be a guinea pig or are you going to be fighting the revolution yeah i think the more important question is do you even have the luxury to choose a side i mean you go to the chemist and you buy generic drugs you don't know what the fuck they put in them it's just like oh yeah this cures my fucking flu is something to do where did that flu gun come from Oh, you got that girl, you know, you had sex with that girl and you don't want her to get pregnant. You go get peachy. You don't know where that peachy came from. Something to think about as you take your peachy. Yeah, and you I kind of it. feel like in, in Africa, we're kind of fucked already because a lot of the shit that we take, we have no control over and we're kind of like getting like the throwaway shit that the rest probably. of the world just decides is not good enough for them. Peachy so is probably Africa. one. 
Like the original version of Pink Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? So like the whole idea behind gain of function research is that because of its dual potential dual use, it's heavily regulated, right? Mm. So um a huge controversy surrounding like the whole COVID oh, thing yeah. is that it possibly came from not even the Pfizer vaccine like thing, COVID but like how COVID originated is that it probably came from gain of function research in Wuhan, which which is where it originated, so like you leave from a laboratory. And it was actually a lot of the conspiracy theories say that it was sponsored by the US government. I wouldn't put it past them. Them and China, mm-hmm. they could literally do anything. So now what Pfizer is doing. Remember, I want you to remember a very important point here, and is that gain of function research needs to be regulated simply because it's potentially dangerous. So, what Pfizer is doing, or at least what we are led to believe by this video, is that Pfizer could possibly be doing gain of function research. And somewhere in the video, the guy even asks the 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 the, the, the supposed director of research. So, this is gain of function research. And the director of research says, actually, we would rather call it directed evolution. Oh. It sounds like double speak. Double speak. <laughs> you know? It's like directed evolution is just a fancy term for gain of function. You could dress up anything and make it sound nice. Exactly. You know, you, you, you can call it um, uh, um, evolution after defecation, which is washing your ass after taking your shit. <laughs> While we're coming back to that, I believe soon after defeat. <laughs> I am abolishing myself. You know, say I believe first. You go to a restaurant, you like. Where do I be abolishing the facilities? I would like to abolish my hands before I begin. Why are we using the lower accent? Why? Why? You know, that's a meme better. too. But that's better. a meme too. Like yeah. lowers are associated with extremely complex English. That's a meme. Kisses, on the other hand, I'm not going to talk about <laughs> this. That's a meme too. Exactly. So we're just talking about memes. So anyway, so the whole idea behind gain of function is that it needs to be regulated. So this guy is basically admitting, even though he uses like flowery terms, that Pfizer is conducting gain of function research behind the scenes because COVID is a sort of cash cow for it. Now, this obviously raises a whole fucking can of worms because, you know, why are they doing this? And it, actually, the guy says in between, because the guys were regulating us, you know, when they retire, they end up getting jobs at Pfizer anyway. There's a government period. It's like the way, you know, like guys in the military end up getting jobs in private security corporations after they retire. So, like, if guys in, like, um, the NIH... You know, the National Institute of Health mm. at in the U.S. or, like, the A... Uh, what, what do you call it? IRS. Um, not well. The IRS is the tax body, but like, like, like about the medicine thing. Yeah. So like, 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 I was gonna, I'm gonna say the food thing. I, I kind of forgot their name. Um, but there's like a food, a food regulating body. It's called the food board. It's not the food board. I remember I used to like write articles about this uh, in my dark days as an Health online writer. AFT? Whatever. I don't. Know. I mean, I. I'll look for that name, Let's but just, uh, yeah, whatever. It was hysterical. Exactly. So, like, you know, uh, the USDA is the United States Department of Agriculture. So, the, the, those are the ones that are even very, very responsible for coming with the food pyramid from like back in the 1950s. So, you know? guys who are supposed to be regulating gain of function research are actually they have vested interest 
So they would be very lenient on such organizations. But yes, I, 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 I need to throw this little fact in there that this video is unverified. So we don't know. It's a conspiracy theory, but, but it's quite, quite interesting, scary. you know, and it's quite scary. Yeah. So like um, that's the idea. And um, a lot of people, of course, out there are talking about how, you know, we haven't heard the last of COVID or at the very least, we haven't heard the last of pandemics. Did you get vaccinated, by the way? I did not. Well, you haven't heard the last of COVID, but I hope to God I have. <laughs> never want to hear about COVID. To be entirely honest, I've never even been tested for COVID, so I don't even know if I've ever had COVID. You've not heard the first? I have never. Like, I, I've got sick, of course, lots of times since the COVID pandemic officially started. But, but I cannot say whether I actually had COVID or anything. Here's the crazy part. Like, I actually got vaccinated, and after I got vaccinated, that's when I got sick. What happened? You got sick with COVID? Legit. I got sick with COVID. I got Omicron. Well, then, truth be told, I was big. Oh, yeah, my man. God. How long did... Did I just see <laughs> shift away from you? No, <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I, mean, I got it and I lost it. I mean, right, like I said... Don't say to I. So I did. I did. I did. Feel the COVID. Yeah. And this was supposedly okay. something that already ended. No, that's true. I, I wasn't even diagnosed. I'm just saying. Maybe that's a meme too. Okay. But and here's the thing. Uh, I got vaccinated with the Moderna vaccine. First one, first injection was okay. Second one felt like garbage. So um, it was about the Pfizer stuff. So like, yeah, so it's a whole conspiracy theory. And uh, you know, like it, a lot of it like um, is, you know, unverified stuff and all. But it just like raises a general conversation about what's going on in terms of like laboratory um experiments He's around like, viruses and pandemics might not be like i don't know i've, I've always been i'm not been i mean what's the word what's the word i'm looking at uh too skeptical superstitious or, or like too much into con con conspiracy theories mm -hmm. but i've always felt like you should refrain from using too many drugs like over-the-counter stuff i know there's people who they get a small migraine a small uh, headache and then be like i'm gonna go and get drugs from over the counter but really, if you think about it, how much do you know, like how much of it do you know is going into your system? Like if someone mm -hmm. was asking, what are the ingredients of a paracetamol tablet? Like what is in there? They have no what is the intended idea. effect? No, I just take it for malaria. I just take it for this. Mm -hmm. What is P2? What is it doing? Right? Mm -hmm. Nobody knows. So I think the less of it you take, and I feel like things like this coming to the limelight or coming out will be better because people will start to take more, uh, be more conscious of like what's going into this system. No, but that kind of like raises a different can of worms though, right? Mm. Because like, for example, I would love to be absolutely judicious about the things I take into my system, although I am not. I, am I take all labels. sorts of drugs for all sorts of reasons, <laughs> right? But like what I was trying to get at is, is, is like, if I decided I do not want to take the vaccine, Hypothetically, um, not actually hypothetically, technically, legally speaking, I have no freaking right to refuse the vaccine. It's a legal mandate in Kenya that we should all take the vaccine. I have no right to reject the vaccine because I don't know what's in it. I don't want it in my body. So that kind of like raises a whole dilemma. Do How do I reject the vaccine? What? Do you listen to reggae? This is kind of like a weird segue, but then uh, thinking about... I listen about... to chronics. Yeah. I love chronics. Like, as long as I can... Uh -oh. So we hear a lot of the messages in, in uh, reggae music about getting outside of Babylon's system, which is basically this, this governmental control that says take this the matrix, basically. It's the matrix, basically. Yeah, so I think, um, I guess they're on to something. I mean, how do you get out of the Babylon system, though? 
People talk about getting out of the matrix like it's achievable, which it probably is. But like, I mean, you have to go to certain extremes. You live in um, a constitutional system. You have to follow traffic rules. You have to get an identification card like everyone else. You have to get a driver's license. You need a fucking KRA pin, which for non-Kenyan listeners is what allows you to be taxed. Like an IRS. Uh, exactly. Um, KRA is our version of the IRS, right? Yeah, um, most people nowadays, I think they file new return. That's also me. <laughs> exactly. And like right now, they're kind of like cracking down, right, on all of those people <laughs> who supposedly have no money but have cars. And they're filing nil returns every year. Some of their messages are so funny. Like today, I saw one that was like, how to be a whistleblower. Like, nigga, I'm not going to whistleblow myself. What the hell? Can't I send the emails on how to be a whistleblower? It's like, send the, 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 it actually kind of is like a get out of jail free card. It like shows you the blueprint for not getting caught. Mm-hmm. They're like, send all the, the bank statements, uh, all the, the audited reports and stuff like that. Ah, so that's you know what would be me. funny if you read all of this about how to be a whistleblower and you like really took all these tips to heart and then it just so happens you're a KRA employee and you want to reveal how like money is being embezzled oh, within yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of it that happens at the KRA exactly and then you just like whistleblow like, KRA gets taken down by its own fucking set of tips you know days of you with medicine Exactly, exactly. So, like, anyway, that's the Moderna, uh, Pfizer stuff, right? So, like, I personally think that um, it's really hard to make any kind of comment at this point because we really do not know. I mean, I read, like, like um, Senator Rubio, um, like, the USA, oh. right, like, wrote a letter to Pfizer, like, asking them, can you please explain what's going on? That's the essence of it. I may or may not put a link in the description, you know, it depends on how I feel. But so, back to your own uh, um, sheep. It's yeah. Kenya, something that we can confirm apparently is there is a new bill that suggests uh, that when people get a divorce, they should split, that everyone should go with what they came with. Right. Right. So, right. Okay. So this raises a whole other interesting conversation. If you're listening to this, what do you feel about that whole bill? Like, what do you think? If you're, are you a woman or are you a man? Do you think it's fair? Do you think it's justified? Women tend to be against this for some reason. They tend to be against that. They, they believe in the man. I mean, leaving with 50% of what the man. Right. Wants. What's your opinion that do you think that people should leave with wealth that was individually acquired? Or do you think wealth should be shared equally? Noting that it's quite possible that one of the people was the sole breadwinner, right? So he may have acquired like most of the wealth. And having to share it 50-50 means that he's losing more. Jeff Bezos, already paid to your finances. His wife became a billionaire just from divorcing him. Just from divorcing him, exactly. Now, this this is an interesting conversation because, like, because um, it kind of, like, goes back to, like, something else that is even thornier, and it's the gender equality conversation. Oh. If the genders are equal, why is it that when there is a conversation about how wealth should be distributed post divorce the so women this generally take to create generally tend to take one side of that argument and men generally tend to take another super interesting we have someone else we have a caller on the studio this my personal opinion um i think personally if you ask me it makes sense when you say like um being in front of 
like a, a divorce, mm-hmm. like, we should go separate with what we came with. That makes sense. I would agree to it. Mm-hmm. My thing is, but then that's why the whole prenup thing happens. I'd I'd be so fucking for a prenup because like. Yeah, like signing a prenup. Exactly. Um, for those who don't know what a prenup is, like this contract you sign right before marriage, like just like saying, oh yeah, if we ever divorce, you can't take the Ferrari. The or, shortened version or of the uh, prenuptial agreement. That's what prenup actually means, prenuptial agreement. Yes, correct. So um, I feel like I would be entitled to the wild that was accumulated while you were married mm. for this particular reason. Uh, and it, it also, um, it really depends because if, if I'm just a housewife, mm. if, if I'm like your wife, but I'm having my own career going on, mm. if you want to go like with whatever you, you got, I'm I to this, you get. Right. But then if I was a housewife, I was supposed to take care, you know, give birth. Right. You're, You're doing all of these like, um, the, the way I would, I would define it is it's like sort of like unpriced labor because you're not being paid for being a housewife. Yeah. So the question is, how do I ascribe value to that when we're divorcing? Exactly. But what you do matters a lot yeah. for the wealth. I'm, 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 I'm not who's taking care of the kids. I'm not who's taking care of you. Enabling you that success. Home your chest. I'm the one who's supposed to make you feel relieved. You get mm. that's the answer you're ready for the world. I gave so birth. We, we, I um took care of the child. Raising kids is a shit ton of work. Exactly. Sure. I, I, I sacrificed my ambition. I mean everyone, especially now in the twenty first century, uh, regardless of the gender, we all have ambitions. So like when I decide to be a housewife, that's why I say depend. If you let me be you know, do whatever you want to do. The kids, I give up, there's a whole no team of nannies. If I decide I'm going for a business trip for a whole week, mm. there's no, you know, objection or something. That's cool. If we, we, you know, we're going for 50 or something, even though the bills maybe. Right. But no, if I'm a housewife and like, I don't think I want you working. I want you to take care of the kids. I want you to help them with their homework. I want you to see that and go get them from school. You get. That is super interesting and it makes a lot of sense. Mm. Yeah, no, uh, I'm helping you build your world while still achieving the dream of having a. So the wealth was not, even though it's in the husband's name. Yeah. It was built cumulatively, like by the combined effort. I may not have built it directly, but I fucking contributed to it. But this raises a question, and this is really the most important question here, if we're being honest, because it's where the whole legal conundrum comes from. Is it how the hell do you define price fat? Yeah, like, so what is this? Do you take 50%? Do you take 40%? Like, what is a fair amount for you to go home with when we're divorcing? Maybe they should find a way to, like, have the, the, the parties do, like, uh, co-sign once they're married. Like, whatever you own should be owned together. Yeah, it's a 50-50. Actually, it's a 50-50 because it's a high chance for people if we divorce while um, we're having young kids i'm the one who's gonna put the kids mm-hmm. you know babies and all that i'm not gonna be still i'm carrying on the burden of you guys mm-hmm. not forgetting i'd have to start on figuring because if you're gonna pay child support you won't include me there mm-hmm. wait, wait. i'm gonna get money i did build my career i was giving birth and popping out kids and all that can we take a, a quick one to just define like what is the difference between child support and alimony uh child support is well self 
different defining. So, you know, it's to pay the kids' fees, pay their uh, alimony or payments to your spouse, so your former spouse. So sorry. there is that. Yeah. So alimony payments are very separate from child support, or they may be But inclusive. they typically, what's the word I'm looking for? They're not exclusive most of the time. Right, yeah. So, like, I'm not a legal expert, but I, what I know is that you can pay alimony to your former spouse for certain reasons, you know, like if they were wholly dependent exactly. on So, if you are a housewife, most likely you will get alimony. Exactly. That's just to throw that in there. I feel like uh, you are quite sneaky with the well, most likely because, I mean, we're talking about Kenya. Okay. So, yeah, both black men. True. Who's gonna be like, you know what, you're my wife, you're my... No, I mean, I mean, I, I, again... I'm gonna send you 200k per month because of you, you know... No, I mean, I don't know about the legal climate in Kenya entirely, but I also have never heard of the concept of alimony in Kenya. Maybe they call it something different. I've heard of child support, I've never heard of alimony. I once heard of this case where Gideon Moy was getting divorced or something, and he had, like, pay his former wife was white. But let's be honest... But does child support child support payments goes to who? The, the wife, wife, right? She can manage it however she likes. I know the thing is, guys, it's Kenya. So she pockets up. We are still fighting with child support. It doesn't come out of what you can. Okay. We may yeah. have to go through courts. You get? Yeah, yeah. You guys, we're talking about Kenya. In reality, I mean, nothing comes automatically. To be entirely honest. Okay. For example, if you don't pay a tax that you owe me, I'm gonna take you to court anyway. So I guess, like, you know, it's just par for the course. I have a yeah. stupid joke that I uh, can't resist throwing in there. You said nothing comes automatically, uh, but there is premature ejaculators. The only thing that comes automatically <laughs> is, a is a prematurely ejaculating penis. But, but yeah, I think that... That needs to be trademarked. But I feel like I need to do a t-shirt thing and we've had Merch. a conversation with this where we just like take interesting quotes from the podcast, oh, put it in a t-shirt and sell the t-shirt. Yeah, exactly. Nothing comes automatically except, except premature ejaculation. I would wear that. I would wear that. But coming back to the main topic, I mean, the whole idea here um, was trying to figure out whether or not, um, or, or rather how wealth should be distributed, distributed upon divorce, Spouse. right? So according to the, to the court um, ruling that I have seen on social media, and I, again, you know, the funny thing about this shit is, you know, because I, I, wasn't, I wasn't there at the court, and for some weird reason, I don't even think the court has a website and released an official statement on this. We're going entirely off of what we saw on Twitter and, and Instagram. But the whole idea was the term... Term... Exactly. The ruling was that um, in divorce, people should go with the, with the wealth they individually accumulated. I'm, I think that's fair, personally. And the thorny issue here that, that um, was being raised was that if she was a housewife, she, she did not accumulate any wealth per se. But she helped you accumulate. So how do you figure out how much to give her? Because according to this ruling, she would go home penniless. Go home with the chickens you brought. Exactly. Like, she's been, like imagine you had a housewife for the past, I don't know, 15 odd years. So like she gave birth your kids are like 13 or 12 or whatever the fuck and then you have a divorce and 
You're like, oh yeah, the court says we go with whatever we accumulated. But this woman was home the whole time, not doing anything. So she goes home with nothing because materialistically speaking, she accumulated absolutely zilch. Mm. So that is a thorny topic because how the hell do you determine that? I think there is a way. You know, the thing that always uh, raises questions with things like these bills is like one comes out and then another comes out with a, with a gray area that kind of is contradicted because they did pass uh, something like a bill that said women who were housewives and to- completely dependent on their uh, spouses mm-hmm. who were for support should get compensation. It was in the news not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And now this one has just come out. So there's always these gray areas that kind of intersect. And I feel like it's just the fact that the law is not fully observed in Kenya, that mm. these things are passed, but they're not in- implemented. Not to mention, even when court rulings happen, because court rulings would just be like 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 law by precedent. Mm. No, it's not, it's not an act. It's just a freaking um, court precedent. Like, you know, how laws come into being, you're going to have like an, co- co- the constitution takes first priority, but then you also have acts of parliament this is like a commonwealth thing for the listeners that are listening that are non-kenyan i know how the u.s makes its constitution by the way i want to just give a quick shout out to our listeners we did check the statistics and we found we have listeners in if you hear your country say hi we have listeners in mauritius of all places we have france we have the uk we have listeners from france we have listeners from france i saw this really funny tweet online it was from the apa if you do academic writing, you'd know about APA citations. And the APA was like, avoid using the. The. So like. That was a funny The one. French. <laughs> or the, the. mentally ill. The mentally ill. Instead, use things that are inclusive, like people, people experiencing mental illness. And then um, this uh, guy called Paul Graham is like the founder of Y Combinator, which is like uh, like 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 an entrepreneurship the incubator. incubator. He says... Um, so from now it's people experiencing Frenchness. <laughs> so shout out to the people experiencing freshness. While we love you. We love you. Please continue with the experience. So yeah, talking about the jurisdictions in Kenya and how lax the implementation is. Exactly. So now um, a law can come about either from, I mean, we have a lot of this shit. I, this, I'm remembering this, this from that one semester where I used to sleep through every class. Um, where I learned a bit of like shout out your lecture if you remember the name. Oh my god, that guy was knowledgeable but boring as hell. But yeah, so like um, he would say that you know we've got like acts of parliament, we've got like um constitutional law, we've got like common law, which is like shit for some weird reason we inherited from the English. Mm. I don't know, but yeah, um, and then we've got like um shit that comes from like yeah. Uh, precedence like for example they call them acts of god no 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 no. it's precedence in the sense that a case occurs you take it to court the judge rules in a particular way and then based on that judge's ruling any case afterwards that is similar to that case is going to rule the same because that precedent was set you get the more you know and sometimes a judge can rule in a way that goes against an established law because the specifics of this case are such that his, he thinks his ruling is correct. Mm. And then every time a subsequent judge gets a case, it's like, oh yeah, if you look at Roe versus Wade or, um, you know, like, like, you know, like you'll see like a lot of uh, X versus Y cases. If you like look at legal history, they'll be like, in this case, it, were ruled, it was ruled like this in this case. And then they do the same thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
So now that this case has been ruled in this way about how wealth should be distributed, if in the future some lady takes her husband to court because of divorce, I mean, this precedent is a very powerful precedent, right? Like, we don't know. I mean, they might have some somehow different situations, but it might be ruled in the same way. And what if this woman is just Kyle's wife? And one day, what's tasting animals? Through the one who got married, by the way. Uh, say 23, 24, 25, white, oh, yeah. loving, had any cousin at all. Mm-hmm. At best, this, this baby is coming from Rudy or something. And if it gets married for, like, let's say, other, like, uh, 30 mm-hmm. years, right? Mm-hmm. She's now 40, heading to 50 or probably 50. Right. If that growing old, they get in their 20s, she can't go back to you. She can't, you know, if you, if you, if you divorce what you were partly, you can't right. do something. You can't do some stuff. You still have a chance of trying. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah, blues and all shit, but I feel like at 40, 50, you're even, you're pretty defeated in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what are you going to do after yeah, so giving 20 years of your life? Yeah, it's even worse. No, you can't do any shit for yourself. It's, it's interesting to think about though, like within those 10, 20 years, I feel like if you're a housewife, you should learn soft skills mm-hmm. because there's different ways to get ahead in life. There's people yeah. with street smarts, there's people with book smarts, mm-hmm. uh, there's people who know how to network. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for a housewife, whatever your husband is doing, she knows uh, how to housewife. She knows how to housewife for sure. Uh, she knows how to manage the like the the help at home. Right. She knows how to organize things. Right. So I feel like once this is just feeling like a, a tangent, but then it could be advice to any potential housewife who's maybe listening to us and going, oh crap, what am I going to do? <laughs> so I think there's soft skills you gain throughout that. And then I feel like if you do get a chance, if you if it's still early enough, you should take advantage and include yourself to the point where even if you lose out in court, you don't lose out from the soft benefits you got. Like if you went to a convention or something like a trade fair with the husband or something like that, mm. you managed to get contacts with maybe someone else's wife and whatever. Yeah. So I think it stands to reason, even though the court might be against you, or like the the ruling might be against you because you've been a house for all these years. Right. It's in your best interest to kind of like not walk away with the tangible stuff, but then make sure you have, uh, you've been gaining some soft wealth. I think you can call it right. goodwill. And then also some, some reputation, I suppose. So I think that using that, you could say that uh, if, if the woman is kind of smart or conscious about her, her place in terms of, hey, I'm not doing that much with my life, then I think even with the court ruling, I mean, it might be unjust or unfair to some people, I think most women will be able to get out of, um, as long as, because this is talking about people with something to, to split at the end of the day, right? Like it's not a farmer who has, okay, farmers in the U.S. are rich. You know what I think? And this is going to be a controversial opinion. It seemed like you were in deep thought, so this is going to be a good one. Yeah, I think prenuptial agreements should be mandatory. In fact, not only should they be mandatory, but there should be like a sort of template for prenuptial agreements that covers the most common things that you would want to agree on before marriage. And just like you would sign a marriage contract and do marriage vows while doing a wedding, then you should sign a prenuptial agreement and agree on some of the most basic terms. Like, for example, what percentage of wealth are we both going away with if we ever get divorced let's figure that out now right now or more yeah exactly i mean we're gonna even have like we can even have a template 
for exactly what the standard distribution ratio is but that if the couple wants to like work on a different distribution ratio you know they can do that but if they're okay it's like oh yeah let's just do 50 50 because that's the template then they can do that it's consensual that's a great idea exactly it's gonna give a clear separation because it's gonna be like okay so we're here finally and this is what you find on. So. I love the way you say finally. It's like, it's been a long day without you, my friend. You're assessing yourself for the journey. It's like, I'm doing this for that day. And that day when it gets here, that's how I'm doing this. You get like. So the law should, pro- there, should be, there should be provisions that it should be a necessity. But then I feel like most people wouldn't want to. I feel like most people know they can have prenuptial agreements, but they don't want to because it's almost like saying, hey, we're going to divorce, by the way. But let me just break it bread. I feel like actually, it's, what, it's being more in in my line of work. In my line of work, um, clients sign contracts. Mm. Okay, I'm not gonna go into the details of kind of work well, I, I mean, do. Every business has contracts, so they we're right. good. But every contract has an exit clause. Say, if you were to exit yeah. this contract, you have to pay a certain consideration. Or you have to give a certain de- amount of due notice. Even job contracts actually have termination clauses. Marriage contracts don't seem to have an exit clause, which is rather peculiar. It's very peculiar. It. Oh, wow. So prenuptial agreements, if you think about it, are the exit clause that all marriage contracts should have. Take that to the bank. How is it that we, in this like two minutes, have come up with that? It makes you wonder... <laughs> What the 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 law? What the fuck are you official? What going up there? Making these laws, yeah. like legit, these people are more. They they go, they go to parliament, throw chairs at each other. Like I don't even do that. Like <laughs> <laughs> you don't even throw chairs, like, and you're not even that special. You know, like you, you're not like a whole MP or anything. And there's like nothing, a regular I, I guy. could do it if I wanted to, no consequence. But then the people who are actually supposed to be making laws, and we have people here on a podcast who have already come up with a solution. Right. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. One thing I know about these things, like, like I, I like the football analogy. It's very easy to figure out what could have gone wrong, what could have gone right. If you're sitting on the sidelines, if you're in the game playing, shit is harder. If you're actually a lawmaker in the in the shit of it, I mean, there are like multiple factors. It's not just about the actual things that you think would make the most sense, but it's also also about vested interests Fine. and also the way the, the, the system works. Like a lot of people I know go into politics or the government with the purest of hearts and the purest of intentions wanting mm-hmm. to change things. And then they realize there's a whole system of scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, that they have to navigate to get what they want. And many of them go over to the dark side to borrow the Star Wars um, term, you know? Here's a crazy so thing. we can come here, it's easy sitting here in, in, in like in, on our couch to figure out all the solutions to the world's problems. But when it comes to actual implementations, you know, the devil is in the details. Yeah. But, you know, there's a use for people like that. I'm trying to think right now, sideline observers, because they have all the solutions, you could get people from Bezia Jamba to go to like startup board funds and stuff like incubators and stuff like that. What's your opinion? It's like, blow up and get popular. We should do a Bezia Jamba live show. That free of birth. It's Kirk Barraza. It's a Jivanji. It was a Jivanji or something? Yeah, people are asking. The Kuman one and she are. The opinions would certainly think that. Mm. Yeah, and do something. Barraza or something. Oh, I, I, oh, I don't know if it was open Barraza, but I, I, I witnessed one of, the, one of them in person. Kingdom. Wow. Yeah, it was in Jivanji Gardens. Oh. It was at Jivanji, Jivanji yeah. Gardens, actually. Okay, so funny story. One of these funny is because I used to go to school. Um, the old, old the name? 
all the way in Parklands. I feel like that's generally enough. <laughs> Let's kind of figure out which school it was in Parkland. Parkland's voice that sounds like this. What happens to this type of voice, actually? Yeah, yeah exactly. Where does this guy go to? And then, like, yes, he has a whole team of people working like that. We found you. Like, we yeah. found that fucker. We don't know who it is, but they know this. So I used to go to the school in Parklands, and because I used to live very far from Parklands, I had to go to town first mm. and then go to Parklands. Because, like, there's a whole connection. I know that. It's hard to think going on, right? But I noticed something because when I was getting to town, I had to pass by the archives because the archives is like the central, the center of the universe or something. And everyone, <laughs> everybody who is in town knows where the archives are. And that, uh, the that, that Mr. Price yeah. with the public toilet that's right next to the archives. I didn't know about the public toilet. The public toilet is so freaking inconspicuous because it's surrounded by oh, shoe shiners. I know, now, I know it now. I just didn't know it's it. It's just shoe shiners around a, a public toilet. I thought it was a shoe shiner thing. Archive means used a lot. There's a certain part of... You can actually walk. Yeah. There's a certain part of archive that is actually the archive because that's where people wait for people. Have you ever been there, by the way? Um, inside archive? I mean, uh, I've been inside it. super interesting. I was inside it when I was in high school. It's super right? interesting. And it, it, back then, they had this promotion where it was 20 bob. For a ticket, I paid 20 bob when I got in, and you would see like artifacts. It's amazing. You would see documents from like back in 1890. Like it's literally an archive. It's like a museum of the history of Super Kenya amazing. and our cultural history and our colonial history and all of that shit, right? But anyway, so like I had to go through the archives to 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 get to um, Parklands. Every time I used to go to school. It was like at like 7-ish, 6.30-ish in the morning, right? Mm. I would see this weird huddled crowd of men, almost exclusively men, near the archives. And it was like, it's a weird crowd. And then, you know, just as quickly as it starts at like freaking 8 a.m., it disbands. And everybody goes their own way. I was like, what the fuck does this crowd discuss every day, right? So, um... One of these fine days, you know, I'm like, I, I can, I can be late for this class. You know what? I'm, I'm, I can be late. No, I'm not gonna. Nothing's gonna happen. You ever have one of those situations where you suddenly, like, you know, why come not? To the realization that if, if I'm purposely tardy for this, I'm not gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. nothing's gonna happen, right? It's so, only the start of a very creative story. Because <laughs> when it, you decide, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is the start of a whole roller coaster. I feel like the whoever, like if you're leaving God, whoever is just watch you make, well, he's watching you make that decision. You're like, I'm not gonna die. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, exactly. If there's a movie of your life. Okay, that's. If there's a movie of your life, this is where they pause and then Morgan Freeman comes in and he's like, and at that at this point, he knew. <laughs> exactly. So you found out what the, you decided. Let me go investigate. Exactly, and I went and listened. And I do not kid you, these guys were talking about the politics of the day. 
this was a whole fucking baraza happening on the streets. And I'm telling you, these are people who do not know each other. This guy works in some shop. This guy works in some construction site. These are not middle class people. These are working class, like low working class people, like regular people, like people with fucking accents. People can't speak English. They have a fucking newspaper. They have a fucking uh, a couple copies of the Standard, a couple copies of the Daily Nation, and they're like, Apana. And back mm -hmm. then, you know, when I was going to high school, and this will give you a clue about when I was going to high school, Mwaiki Bakia was a prominent figure, right? Yeah. Because at the time, he was vying for the presidency, right? Like, um, actually, Mwaiki um, Baki vied for the presidency, I believe, twice. Mm -hmm. So I believe this was the second time. Cause you mean Biden once. successfully? What? Biden successfully? I don't think, has Moike Baki ever lost the election? I believe he's I been am in politics. He, I think he's so been, I would like to. He has been in politics since the eighties, I think. Something like that. So he was always kind of well known. Like yeah. Okay, so let me put it this way. It was the second time he won the election. All right, cool. Right? It was the second time. And he was vying and they were like detailing and arguing about like, you know, the merits of Moike Baki as the next president versus um, who was it? Uhuru Kenyatta or whoever. Raila. Ninety two and ninety seven. He was. Yeah, he's been there in a minute. He's been there. Exactly, he's been there, done that. You know, um, R.I.P. Mwakibaki, you were a legend. But yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's so funny because on our first episode, we were making fun. We were like, if Mwakibaki was, you know, having sex, it'd be like mafia. But it's, it has a very soothing tone, though. It's a very soothing tone. If someone tells you, Mafia Kuku, you get it. someone tells you, Mafia Kuku, you're like, oh. <laughs> if Mikey Baggy was the guy in prison trying to fuck you, you might just give it up. Oh we, talked <laughs> we talked about this at the beginning. We talked about this at the beginning. But, like, anyway, the whole concept of this, because we were talking about Mikey Baggy, and I was just saying that um i realized just to come back we're coming back to the mature conversation guys so like just to come back i realized that you know these guys hold informal barazas smack in the middle of town talking about the political topic of the day mm. and these are people who i would presume are not university educated they don't necessarily have like white collar jobs the but they have friends. some brilliant opinions because i was listening to them and i was like freaking mind blown. i mean at the time i was like 17 18 sure i was pretty green behind the ears would have but uh, still you know i think at the time i knew a decent amount or like I was like decently well read to know it in order to like appreciate a good opinion when I hear one. You get? And I was like, fuck, these people actually know. Why aren't these people on TV? Exactly. Why is it when I open the TV and I listen to the breakfast show, I don't hear such good ideas? Because they're always good ideas. Exactly. But there is something about talking to the local Monanese, quote unquote. I love talking to the local Monanese. Doesn't it make you feel like you're part of the country? Because a lot of, the, a lot of us nowadays, we're kind of sucked into our own microcosms. Uh, living on the internet. Our own echo chamber. Echo chambers, exactly. Okay. But then when you talk to local Monanchi, for example, like a driver, a cleaner, you get to hear like, I don't know, if, for me it feels like I'm part of the country, like a, a bit more. Because mm -hmm. you know, I'm actually, those are the people that vote, as we talked about earlier. Those right. Those who actually make a difference. They're the people who go to rallies, they're the people who like loot in case it goes wrong. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Well, I would say that um, with, with, with such things, with such things like um, it, 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 it does 
help to listen to the common one and chi, especially if you're like in a leadership position. Mm. Because just like if you're in a company, you have no idea or you don't have the full picture of what happens on the ground. But of course, your employees are going to have the full picture. They're going to know 100% mm. of all of the company's problems, what can be optimized or can't be optimized. If you're a leader, the people in your jurisdiction, whether it is a county or a constituency or um, in the whole country, to uh, you know, so to speak, these people are going to know exactly what's happening on the ground, right? And if you could find a way to just plug in and listen to their opinions. Now, the problem with this particular mode of communication or this mode of information gathering is there's a lot of noise. Mm. Because, you know, with all due respect to the common one and she, more often than not, the common one and she has nothing meaningful to say. Oh, God. But you're right. You're right. But it's every like, once in a while, the common one energy gives you a gold nugget. Sure. It's like digging for gold. Mm. So if you can find a way to dig through the noise and get at the gold nuggets, Jesus freaking Christ. But you know what's crazy? as a leader would be doubled or tripled. You know what's crazy? It's kind of like you'll hear that golden nugget and you'll be like, let me get this guy an audience. But the moment you do that, they start spewing all kinds of other things. Like, it's almost as if you give them, uh, you tell them, hey, that was a good idea. They're like, oh, okay, I could do another one. But then it's absolutely. It reminds me of a Family Guy episode. Mm. Um, if, you, if you watch Family Guy, you know there's this dog called Brian. So in this particular. Brian. Exactly. <laughs> I, need a, I, 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 I need a goat and Brian. Something <laughs> but, I need a goat and Brian. <laughs> Why well, like you need a goat and <laughs> like a wicked plan. I need a goat and Brian. <laughs> this is some best Wet Brian. Wet Brian. Wet Brian is the name of our first episode, by the way. And you gotta listen to that. So Brian, in this particular snippet, mm. Brian is on a truck with a bunch of Mexicans. And then he asks the Mexican a question and the Mexican answers in English. And Brian is like, oh my God, you understand English? And the Mexican's like, no, I just know that sentence that I said and this sentence explaining it. And then Brian asks a follow-up question, and then the Mexican answers in Spanish. <laughs> so that that is kind of reflecting the common one, isn't she? Every once in a while, it's just something brilliant. You're like, oh, so you're a brilliant person. But being a brilliant person is not the same as saying brilliant and things. And then they go back to factory settings or migori settings. You can say brilliant things every once in a yeah. while, and then after that. Oh, yeah. yeah, there's an expression for that. Even a broken clock is right once a day, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not. Speaking of which, because, you know, this is going to ruffle some feathers, it got kind of raises the question of what defines the common one and she because we're going to be like oh so you're saying the common one and is stupid well i'm the common one and she and i am not stupid <laughs> nobody is saying the common one and she is stupid people uh, what we're saying is that on average most people um, are going to have like some brilliant thoughts on certain topics that they know a lot about but they're going to have either mediocre or less than mediocre thoughts on most but of the think things. about it common means there's nothing outstanding about it Mm. Philosophically speaking, um, uh, a teacher of mine used to say, uh, back in high school, he used to say, common sense is not that common. Right. So the fact that you have good ideas probably means that you differ from you, you differ from the, the common one, ain't you? which is just like the commoner. But anyways, speaking of common one, ain't you? there are some statistics that came out mm -hmm. about the common man and woman in Kenya when it comes as it relates to their sexual, sexual partners. partners. Right. This is the um, of the so gonorrhea discovery. 
It's so funny that a lot of the studies that are being surfaced on the internet have to do with sex in some capacity. Sex Whether it is the death of a certain um, member of the LGBTQ community mm. or it is the spread of a certain superhero bacterium. Starts with a G. Superhero bacterium, S-H-B. Or starts with a G. That's my G. It has to be a man. The G of fucking STIs. Teach kids to avoid that. Or in this case, it just happens to be um, the number of average sexual partners that everyone has. There was an argument that said men they should split up that study to look look at the difference between uh, men in certain age groups, and they felt that men who were older would probably have uh, would probably skew the statistics towards the higher number. Well, of course, the older you are as a man, the more sexual partners you are. As you have. Be. I was having this argument with somewhere else. I was letting her know that actually most men who are young and broke and have no social status, they don't get starved. But she wouldn't agree. It just so happens to be here. Yeah. I mean, it's even in a yeah, song. now? It's even in a song. They say, broke, girl, uh, broke boys don't deserve no pussy. What do they say, nice? Broke boys don't, don't deserve no pussy. pussy. Say it. No, I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I wasn't paying to eat is and actually spoken to you. No matter what in love world you are is a man, he's always a baby no fucking. Or in this case he Do you agree? I don't know. I was sexually oh, frustrated okay. for a long time in my life. And when I do the wrong admission to make on a podcast, but yeah. Have you seen someone pregnant and you're like was the dad? But, but sharing with you pregnant. Mm. What were they fucking thinking? Mm. How did they end up? Like a crippled woman? Like like what are we doing here? Like a crippled woman? Mm. Or like 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 like? It could be even like um, a sexy baby. Mentally, uh, you can say mentally ill oh, woman. Mentally retarded. People experiencing mental illness. People experiencing Frenchness. You see that someone experiencing French and like, who made you pregnant? And I mean, we're talking about people experiencing that in Kenya. So they're on the streets. I mean, in US and all that, you know, other spaces, they're taking care of, you know? I mean, they have uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think like in Kenya people are not being taken care of, but there are people who are... Definitely not in welfare. You know, and, mm. we, we call them when they were talking. Right. Things. And you're like, yeah, when that was the same only term meaning crazy person. Bathed in blank, I don't know how long. But they still got some action. And then, oh, yes, I mean. Oh my God, someone did that role. Who did that? Who did that? I mean, I mean, the way I think about it is that, um, because like a woman who hasn't taken a shower in a very long time, and I, I know this is going to be controversial, but like a woman is take like, like men in general are more willing to have sex with a woman who take then women are like to have sex with a man who hasn't taken a shower in a long like men are the cheapest, most low standard, freaking low barrier to entry creatures. Like we will have sex with a fucking table. Somebody even for it is attractive enough. Action. Yeah, even despite being at a, you know, a rock bottom. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Right. This ain't better where you are. Are you are you are you are you Jobless? Are you a drunkard? Are you a fucking I don't know a reset or something? 
Mm. But you don't need skills to get sex. Amen. I think that the problem here is... And confidence. No, I think um, the problem here is actually... Um, do you, do you though? Or do you need skills to get a specific type of woman? No, I mean like when it comes to like sexual partners and the number and stuff like that, you would have to be in a mental state where you're like, hey, I can get a woman. But if you're jobless, broke, I don't know, you probably won't have that much. But what she's saying is that even the jobless, broke have one. And I agree. And I agree. That's what you do. They feel like these babes, they're having a nigga in their home who, who is a baby dad or something, and the baby's own who is hustling. The nigga mm. is just a drunkard. Right. But I wonder what life is like for this guy. I wonder. I wonder too. Okay. Is someone willing to tell us in the comment section? We should what is life like? like? We should interview one. Hey, <laughs> let's put this out. <laughs> what is life like? Let's do it in the radio way. Do you have a moment? When you're jobless and just basically leeching, okay. your woman is providing for everything and you're there and you're like, I backed this one. How does you know? I mean, I mean, I'm not saying it's uh like you know to use the colloquial term in Kenya, a mumama, mumama, or a sugar mummy. That's the general term. Oh, it's just like basically you're like yeah, the woman will go out and provide. I just care about the sex. But more specifically, like the whole argument here, or whatever what we were going for is that, and I I still stand by this despite the whole. Despite me agreeing with a lot of what you're saying, I just stand by this. Mm. Certain factors will determine the number of average sexual partners you have. Mm. And these factors for a man are amount, like like wealth yeah. and status. And a lot of the time, a good proxy for status is age. Because, I mean, we know on average women prefer older men. But also, just generally speaking, as you grow older, you tend to accumulate more wealth and so more status. And therefore, older men are going to have more average sexual partners. Not to mention cheating is kind of like halal in Kenya. So even married men are going to do this. Oh oh it's kosher, you know? <laughs> Absolutely halal. It's Absolutely halal. <laughs> I no. cheat, you cheat, we all cheat. <laughs> Let's cheat. One night, no, no, cheat. Like, wake up in the morning, I was like, oh, it's about that time. Exactly. Going exactly. Hey, man, where are we cheating today? Exactly. No, actually, what I found most <laughs> interesting about that study, if I'm being honest, is that the average man in Kenya has seven sexual partners. Too high to But low. the average wom woman in Kenya has 2.3 sexual partners. I'm like, who the fuck is fucking who? Because if the average man is fucking seven women and the average wo woman is fucking 2.3 women, like, I'm trying to understand how this disparity arises. You know about and if things. anyone is mathematically inclined, please explain it to me. Because it would be either, for example, that I have a man that is fucking seven women, but for each of those women, they are fucking this man that is fucking each of them and another man and a third of a third man, you know, because it's 2.3, right? Oh. So um, the man is fucking uh, seven women, but each of these women is only fucking 2.3 women. I feel like uh, this is based, I mean, I'm cleaning this off my ass, but I feel like it's because women or the female population, we are always ahead of you guys. Yeah. Oh, in what sense? In what sense? Or you think there's more yeah, yeah. Ma women, there's than, more women than, than men? men? I don't but think so. Actually, it is. 
I don't think. But I don't think the ratio is seven to two, though. I don't think so. I think in Kenya it's fifty-fifty. Yeah. No, no way. Actually, let me point this out. In the world, the average is actually one point one men yeah. to one woman but that's because of countries like china and all these uh predominantly muslim countries where they do have femicide and they have a preference for young so those countries have a very high population okay listen India to this so listen to this i just want to listen i just want you to listen to this one for a quick minute i just caught got this off of a google search i was on wikipedia you know if no 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 it's a google search mm. so i'm looking like literally the first result in the scrp the search engine results page Right. Um, so if you're in the comments, you can you can search for this exact phrase. Are there more women than men in Kenya? And the first snippet I'm getting is that the sex ratio in Kenya in 2021 is 98.77 males for every 100 females. So there are no, no, no. Get me right, though. Listen, listen to me. So there are 27.32 million males and 27.66 million females, which means that the percentage of the female population is 50.31% compared to 49.69% male population, which means that there are 0.34 million more females than males. You know what that means? And they're in a population of 50 million Kenyans, approximately, there are only 340,000 more females. I don't think that's a, such a significant yeah. difference. Like they were going to say, oh, there's so many more women. No, I think that's what it's really But here's what I think. The answer is simple. It's one word, under-reporting. You know about the rule of threes? For every, for like body counts, for men, multiply by three, divide by three, for women, multiply by three. Oh, right. I get what you're saying. Because like the way they would get like, how many sexual partners a man has versus a female has is because ideally for this survey they like give them a questionnaire yeah, or something but women tend to like under report how many sexual partners they have they and like men over report because exactly. men want to look like yeah i fucked every woman of yeah. this fucking block i no? fucked you the reporter <laughs> <laughs> and the reporter is like when what do you remember but yeah exactly yeah. exactly so uh, I, I mean that's definitely a factor but also, maybe it's also a factor that just men are more promiscuous than women on average. But I'm not saying in the sense that men have more sex than women, because, I mean, I don't know this. Um, uh, but in the sense that men have more sexual partners. I would, I would venture to, you know, suggest that women, when they are having, like, like you know, be having infidelity or whatever, they pick someone that they can have sex with long term. Or like mm. someone that they can have a fling with long term. Yeah. While men are like, I just want new pussy every day. For a woman, it's just like, I have a guy and a side nigger who's doing what my main nigger isn't doing. For a man, it's like, I want a different pussy on Monday. I want a different pussy on Tuesday. I want a different pussy on Wednesday. For a woman, it's like, okay, this guy gives me money, but he's not satisfying me. So I need a side nigger. Or I have a husband. So, I, so you know, like women have fewer sexual partners because for them, it's more. what's more important is... Like having someone that they can rely on for different things, in which case they can, you know, they can consolidate it. Well, for men, it's about having the adventure of the experience. You want to experience different pussies. That makes a lot of sense. Mm. I think we're pretty much exhausted what uh, was on the thing. Do we have any memes to review? Or have we explored enough? I mean, I, we should probably review memes where we're like, at the one and a half hour mark. I think that's good enough to... I think cut. this is fucking brilliant. This, this is probably our best one. episode yet. This has been a good one. <laughs> I had a lot of fun in this one. It keeps on getting better. Let's go. Yeah. Episode. 
I feel like it gets better. If the episode you're like, we're God, this is better than the last one. Because mm. my eye, guys, uh, I feel like there are episodes that she raised voice. Mm. The mother reported her things, she first saw and was Well, that was our first time. It's, it's not. Of course, no, that's me. She saw our first episode. I can tell you for sure, it's getting that's nice to hear, man. Yeah. That's too nice to hear. So, yeah, guys, um, it was fantastic being with you here. This was, like, I don't know, episode three, probably, of the Think Shack. Because, oh, yeah. like, there's another episode before this should post. But in case it's not episode three, it's episode two. So, take whatever makes you sleep at night. And we will see you in the next episode. Have a good one, guys. Stay safe. Avoid gonorrhea. Avoid super gonorrhea, in particular. When you look up in the sky and there's a hero you don't identify... Super gonorrhea. Run it high. <laughs> <laughs> this is that is that is totally supposed to go on a t-shirt. So when you look up in the sky and there's a hero can identify super gonorrhea running high. Anyway, goodbye guys. Goodbye.